Thank you guys. Man, you've done it again. That was awesome. Awesome. Can we have a couple of Mary Audis on, please? Okay. But just before we move on to Judith, there's a thing we've been doing all through this week of just releasing a few prophetic words out there. So, Christina, do you want to come up? And Leo. Um, Trev, did Christina whisper in your ear? If not, get up here. Uh-huh. Yay, God. Come on, you're the boss, you go first. Okay, Leo, well, you go first. <laughs> Good bosses delegate, eh? <laughs> okay. A gentleman here, sir. Have a word for you, I believe. You don't have to stand, but you can do if you want to. Um, it's interesting you try to stand because I had a picture of you, a bit like a boxer, where you've been really taken a hammer in, but the Lord's really amazed. Not amazed, but he's not amazed, but he's, he's delighted. He's delighted that you've stood your ground. He is, he's delighted you've gone so many rounds and you're still in there. And um, it's almost like, in, in a good way, you're battle-hardened. Um, but I felt the Lord wants to encourage you that you actually look down, you've got an iron fist and to encourage you to deal the enemy a massive whack back and I just believe on you sir, you're going to de- deal the enemy some real killer blows so be encouraged, you have a lot of integrity a lot of good history, you have a lot of, a lot of character, a lot of stamina and um, I honour you in the Lord for that Amen, Amen. And gentlemen here, sir, I just, I just sense that the, the Lord wants to do some more inner healing inside you. Um, he's so pleased with you, and you've gone through some stuff but that only he knows about. But the Lord's really on your case. You've been seeking him, and he's really going to accelerate that healing. And what was actually a setback is going to become a re- the reversal of that. You're going to go forward and fast and you're going to be ministering to others very quickly. And uh, I have one more. Uh, <laughs> this lady here, before you dancing over there. Um, I just feel the Lord is really encouraging you. It's like you've been through a winter, but when you go through a winter, actually there's a lot of beauty, there's a lot of kind of crystalline and snowflakes and a lot of good stuff that gets trapped in the winter, but I feel you're in a, in a spring melt, basically. Um, and I had two ideas. One was that um, where it has been slippy, uh, you, the Lord's going to give you grippy feet that you can actually um, go through where in the past you may have slipped. You're going to find you've got traction. You can go ahead fast. And the other one is that uh, you're going to have a spring melt. So basically, you're going to have growth. I see a lot of growth green shoots and flowers and because of the flowers I felt you have a lot to give other ladies um, in that respect so be encouraged um, what is your name? Maria, Maria. Um, I just keep hearing the word grace over you grace, grace, grace and um, I saw you dancing and um, before the Lord. And I saw the presence of the Lord just um, flowing from heaven right just inside of you. And the more that the, um, the, the things of heaven were flowing right into you, the, the, this, um, this gift of grace was abounding in abundance inside of you. And then um, I heard the word missions, and um, I really felt like that the Lord was going to begin to open up missions um, in, in your life. And the vehicle that's going to give you clarity and strategies is this um, dance that you're doing before the Lord that's opening up your heart to um, grace. And everywhere that your feet dance, everywhere your feet tread, everywhere your feet go, you're going to be one who releases the grace into people's lives. And, um, and I see that your hands were created um, for healing the sick. And, um, and so that's part of that grace that there's going to be people that are, that other people are even afraid to touch because of the way they look. And um, I just see you going into the hard places and um, saying, you know what, I'm not afraid. Um, I, I'm carrying the kingdom. I carry the presence of the Lord. I carry this grace of God that's sufficient so that when I lay hands, 
hands on this person. His grace is going to overwhelm them. And I just see um, not just one mission, um, but many missions that you're, you're, um, you're a real carrier of missions. And I believe that there's coming a time where you're going to go from here to the nations, from here to the nations, from here to the nations. So I just really want to encourage you. Um, you're already one who's just very aware of God's presence and to just really um, nurture that every day. And um, and the more you nurture it, I believe that it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. What if I wasn't done? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> very rude, very rude. <laughs> uh, this lady at the on the end at the back. Um, I just saw a picture of Jesus giving you a coming towards you and giving you a hug and handing you a like a old fashioned book and he says that the decisions you've got to make and the I think you believe that you're seeking for clarity in certain situations and answers and I believe that Jesus says here's the book and in there are the answers and um, so I believe that there's a revelation coming of answers to questions and I also, I don't know if you do any journaling or if you know anything about journaling but I believe that through, partly through journaling that Jesus is going to reveal things to you that are going to be answers to questions and guidance that you've got so and Jesus is encouraging you not to um, not to be down about the situation be saying the answer or giving you the answer and it's you know he's, he's there with you in, in, that, in that situation and the answer's coming and he's going to bring you into a place of freedom and a place of release okay You got another one. You can go. I'm not ready yet. You're not ready? No, my head's full of guitar. Your head is full of guitar. <laughs> um, Ian, Ian and Jerry, um, I just when I looked over at you, I just um, kept hearing the word um, change, 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 and I felt like that the Lord was um, preparing a new road layout. When I was going to Portland, I kept seeing like diff- different signs. One sign said SOS, and then um, I'm, I'm funny with signs. And uh, and then I saw another sign that said um, new new road layout ahead. And um, and I felt that the Lord was saying that there's a new road layout ahead for the two of you. And um, and I keep hearing the word ministry that the Lord is going to use you um, and uh, ministry is going to be a vehicle right into people's hearts. And I believe it's into other nations. God is going to put nations on your heart and then he's going to open up doors into those nations and you're going to begin to see a new road layout and everywhere your feet tread the lord is going to begin to give you strategies from heaven and you're going to know exactly um what you're supposed to do in the land how to do it who to speak to and um it's as if he's going to give you a um um, a map layout and you're going to just look and you're going to see this map layout and you're going to go right we have to go here we have to go here and we have to go here and this is the day that we have to do this this is the day that we have to do that and this is the day that we have to do this one and this is the time he's going to be very very specific i believe the lord is going to really begin to release very specific strategies where you're not going to question your your it's it's like somebody who um, begins to create a blueprint and god is going to begin to give you blueprints of strategies like you're, it's just precise and there's in and, and you're going to know exactly how to do it when to do it and where to go i um, mean i also believe that the lord is going to visit you um this is a real season for the two of you of holy encounters um i see the father even visiting you in the night season and i see dreams increasing and i see that um you're going to have um, dreams that come from heaven and you're going to have the interpretation of these dreams and they're going to be strategic dreams. They're not going to be just, oh, what does this mean? You're going to have the understanding because it's like um, when you go to bed, you're going to have a question about a certain thing and in the night 
in the night season, God is going to give you the answers to the certain question that you've had. And not only is he going to give you the answers, but he's going to give you the strategies. And I see um, that God is going to also just increase um, just influence and a realm of influence um, with those that you know and even others that you haven't yet met. And I believe that the Lord is also going to increase um, financial blessing on the two of you, but not just in this country. I see financial blessing coming in from other countries um, all over, not just this nation, but um, not, but in all over, like in Europe, in um, America, in nations, that there are, there are financial, like how we were doing the little lights. Um, I saw that um, like there's these little pockets of places where there's financial blessing that's going to begin to flow and God is going to give you very specific strategies and you're going to see and I believe that this is a season of acceleration. It's been um, it's, it's been as though you've been doing this, you know, and the Lord said that this is no longer. I actually can see a wall falling and whatever whatever's been stopping has now fallen. I saw a wall fall like the walls of Jericho. I just saw I saw it falling and um and so just ready your heart um and be ready for the strategies keep a notebook beside your bed because when they come they're going to come and they're going to come fast this is a time of acceleration and i believe that as these words are going forth it's already going before you um this chap here in the stripy shirt hi i just saw a, a picture of you walking along the road and uh, I just asked the Lord what does that mean and I just believe that God's going to take you on a on a journey um, a physical journey and a spiritual journey I think the two are linked together um, I believe that God's going to lead you in a, a new path that you've not been on before and like Abraham went on a journey with God and he didn't know where he was going and he didn't really know if he had the stuff he needed to make the journey I believe that God's taking you on a journey uh, he's going to use you um, in mission and the things that you feel inadequate he's going to provide as you go along I believe that um, as you step out in, in faith with him he's going to impart what you require to do what it is that he wants you to do um, I think it's going to be a complete change of direction for what you've been used to but he's going to give you everything you need for it and I, I think that you've been asking some questions and asking for more from the Lord and I believe that you love Jesus so much and he says he loves you he loves you but you love him and he wants to give you all those desires of your heart he wants to fill you so full that you've got more than enough to give to everyone you meet um, to give answers to people who ask you questions to give healing to people who need healing and that's, I believe that's the journey he wants to take on. Okay. Good one. Thanks, Trev. I hope that head full of guitar clears up soon. <laughs> Got some tablets around the back of you. It's having trouble. Okay, Judith, come on. Let's just welcome Judith. Oh, Lord, we just bless her. Bless her to have your words in her mouth. Stir her heart. Stir her heart now. Lord, let those channels be open between heaven and earth and let us see clearly what you're doing in, in the heavenly realms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Don't look too comfortable out there. And where's Avril? Avril, get ready. <laughs> you know what? I want to speak on the God of the breakthrough tonight. <laughs> She's already starting. <laughs> I want to speak on the God of the break breakthrough. Now, you think about situations in your life and situations in your city and situations in your nation and situations around the world that need a breakthrough. And we're talking about a powerfully strong thing that we're looking for, aren't we? And so I'm going to ask you to stand up with me right now. And we've just been saying, uh, you know, the, that the Lord is great but I want you to do something right now. This is a school, right? So we can practice doing things. I want you, you don't have to stand up. You can do this seated. Go ahead. Just put your foot up there. Yeah. And, and be comfortable. I want you to think about this. What is a little bit of a stretch for you? What is, what's a little bit hard for you to do? Is it dancing? Is it clapping? 
Is it a praying aloud in tongues in front of other people? You know, is it shouting? And we roared the last time I was up here uh, like a lion. I don't know what it is, but I'm asking you to do something as a sacrifice unto the Lord right now. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. He's an overcomer. And, and, and so what, what might you do to offer yourself to him? You may just stand totally quiet because that may be exactly what you need to do. I'm not trying to manipulate you or to get you to do something that you don't want to do. I felt like the Lord said, I'm the God of the breakthrough and they need to break out. And so, so I'm just going to say to you, I'm going to shout the name Jesus. And when I do, you shout, roar, laugh. Avril, stand on your chair. <laughs> She's been teasing me all night about standing on a chair. Uh, whatever it is, and I just want you to just, uh, you know, if it's the shofar, if you want to make a shofar sound, if you want, if you want to focus on this jubilee, and, and I got to thinking about this. We say words, don't we? We say words like, it's freedom. And we say it like that. Let me tell you something. If you're in chains... And you're in need. When, and you could shout the word freedom and you could be set free because of the power of God. You wouldn't be messing about with it, would you? If you're in a time of need, if you're desperate for God to do something in your life, you, you will groan, you will cry out, you will do whatever you need to do to receive that thing from the Lord. That, that he, and he just wants his people coming to him. And so I'm going to shout the name of Jesus and I want to hear a shout or a roar or a something coming out of us because I feel like this is going to shake something in the heavens. Come on, there's something that's got, maybe you're a stomper. I know some intercessors, that man, that stomping, it breaks something loose. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just shaking your fist in the air and saying, yes, my God's the God of the breakthrough. He can do the impossible. I don't know what it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? Hello out there? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Jesus! Whoa, 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 Jesus! Whoa, you are worthy. You are worthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worthy. 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 Praise God. Look at Avril's on her chair. We said we'd get on. She had a dream about two ladies standing on their chairs and shouting. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, he's an overcomer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Phil was going, okay, we're not taking her anywhere for care after she falls off the chair. All right, you can be seated. I hope I didn't blow up. I know it's still working. The reason that I wanted to do that, I, I wanted to be really quiet tonight. <laughs> but it just, oh well. The reason I wanted you to do that, though, is I wanted you to recognize what God is delivering us from right now is profoundly important. And what he's delivering the earth from is profoundly important. I was sitting in my garden in Anchorage, Alaska, on the other side of the world, praying for you. And while I was praying, God gave me a word not just for England. He gave me a word for the world. And what he said was that he's about ready to break through in the heavens. And he, he said, watch. Watch in the fall. Look into the heavens. I'm going to do something that is going to shake and set loose something. He's going to break out. And so uh, he said, as a result of what he's going to do, and I don't know what it is he's going to do, but I'll tell you, while I was looking up in the heavens, he was showing me all kinds of um, things in the heavenlies. And how it's going to uh, display itself, I don't know, but I know this. This is what's going to happen on the inside of us. He says that people whose eyes have been shut, their eyes 
will suddenly come open because of what he does in the heavens. That people whose eyes could not focus, and I'm taking this very personally, people whose eyes could not focus, he's going to cause them to see. And he said, people whose eyes are deceived, he's going to let see the truth. And that's all over the earth. There's something coming. that uh, There's a movement in the heavens. And only God can do this. You know, when, when the Welsh revival went around the earth, you know, it hit Azusa Street. When, when uh, you know, just revival after revival, if you look through the history of revivals, what started it? It just started, didn't it? There's always prayer involved with it. But it just started. And th- we are coming into our time. And this is what he said. He said, this is a time uh, where dying for the harvest is upon you. And I took that as, you know, if a seed falls in the ground and dies, right, then it'll come and produce much fruit. If it just abides alone, it's just God itself. But we're at a season where he's saying, die to what we're doing. Die to uh, what's been important to us. Die to distractions and all kinds of things around us because this is a time of harvest. And if these eyes suddenly open, somebody's going to be looking at you and going, what do I do? What do I do? And you're going to have the answers because you're going to have, you're, you're going to be people of the word, people of the spirit and people who have broken through and you're not set off by a whole bunch of people around you challenging and asking and, and, you know, they don't know the answers, but you've got answers. And this is a time where God is going to break through. And he said what he breaks through in, he was showing me in the heavens, what he breaks through in the biggest thing, he will break through in the smallest thing. What he breaks through in the macrocosm, he'll break through in the microcosm. So there are people who are walking around with sickness there are all kinds of uh, uh, traumas and difficult things. I don't know how many people I see now that are just full of situations of trauma and their bodies are sick because of the trauma that they've been under. But this is a season of breakthrough. And God just wants us to look at a couple of simple things tonight. And, and I, I'm going to tell you about my eyes. I started the other night to say a few things about it, but this was a breakthrough for me. I'm in the middle of of seeing God do a breakthrough for me. And so I needed surgery on my eyes. I, I immediately, when I found out I was going to have to have a surgery, I, I did probably what you do. God, <laughs> God, I just sat down in my chair at home and I said, Father, these eyes are pretty important to me. And I know they're important to you. And I'm just, I'm crying out to you. I'm coming to you and asking for you to touch me in the way that that you uh, lovingly care for me. And, you know, he gave me such comfort. He just said one simple little thing. I will take care of you. All right. And he said, when I take you through this surgery, I'm going to teach you some things, and I want you to teach those. So I'm going to just tell you the simple little things that he taught me. They're basic things that we all know. But I'm going to reiterate them again because I think they're so important for this season. So the first eye, you know, good. That held me. I will care for you. All right? I'm walking in peace. I go in, not, not the least bit troubled. Second eye, one week later, this eye's not healed. I can't see as well as I want to. Now I'm going to let him touch this eye. <laughs> so, you know, I uh, ran to the Lord again and I said, Lord... Lord, I, I'm a little bit not so peaceful about this, this eye. I'm not so peaceful about what's going on. And, and will you speak to me? And I need you. I need you. And I am telling you, this sense of need hit me. I cannot tell you how vulnerable I felt. I was desperate. I thought, just imagine if I make this choice and it went, the, it went pear-shaped. I got to say that. <laughs> you know, what if it went wrong? And um, and I just leaned into him. That's exactly what I did. And this is what he said to me. I will take care of you. I have your eyes in my hands. Instantly a peace came over me. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it was a rhema word for me. God speaking to me. 
but I still had to face the circumstances that led up to it and what was going to happen. And so he said to me, I want to teach you some simple things. I want you to trust me. Trust means to lean on, to get your support from, to rely on. Would I trust this stand for me to lean on? You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, Heather's going, don't even lean anymore. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust that stand. But what I realized when he said that trust, lean on me, rely on me, uh, lie back in my arms. I will take care of you. Whoa, I felt the peace of the Lord just come over the room just then. Some of you needed to hear that word. Lean back and just let him hold you in his arms. So I was leaning back and I was going, Father, trust. The first scripture you ever gave me when I came to you was trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, right? But in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your path. So he was, he was teaching me something that I'd known a long time ago. This is simple what I'm saying to you, but we don't always do this, do we? We don't always lean on him. We don't always rely on him. But I realized when he said this to me, I have walked with him for many, many years. And he has proved himself faithful through every one of them. And he said, trust is earned. Have I earned your trust? <laughs> has he earned your trust? Has he been faithful to you? supplied all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Has he come time after time and comforted you? Is, has he earned trust? And I thought, well, yes, Lord, you have earned my trust so that things that were hard for me when I first came to Christ aren't hard for me now. There are still things that are hard for me, but, but not the same things that were before. I can trust in him because he's absolutely faithful. He said, however, faith is a choice by grace. I have a choice whether I'm going to believe him or not believe him. And I want to say that in your situations where you need breakthrough, you have a choice. This choice is very important. It has to come with grace. You can't just choose and pick your up, yourself up by your bootstraps and say, I'm okay because I've chosen to be okay. I've seen people do that. Just say, I'm, I'm, I will not be sick. I will not be sick. It's not about your will. It is about a choice of depending on him. A choice of leaning on him. That's the simple definition of faith. It's just choosing to believe. So when I was kind of going through this thing with him, and he said, I'm going to take you through a little time where you're going to have to maintain hope. Hope is confident expectation. You're confident in the inside, and you, you expect something from God. And so he said, it's not hope that your eyes will be better. It's hope in the Lord. Will you say it with me? Hope in the Lord. Say it again. Hope in the Lord. Because what we do is we hope that we'll get better. We hope things will change. We hope someone will give us money unexpectedly. You, you know what I'm saying? But that's not where our confident expectation is. It's in our faithful, good God that we've chosen to believe. And so hope is stirred on the inside of us. And hope can go a little up and down, can't it? Because, if I, you know, I was strong. I just said, I hope in you, Lord. I have this, I had this joy. You know, I let that doctor just tinker around on my eyes. And I came out of there. I had hope that I was going to see perfectly the first day. <laughs> That's not where our hope is. Our hope is in the Lord. And he may take us down a path to get to hope and to cause it to be, this is really important for the age in which we're living. He may take us down a path, Romans 5, 3 to 5. 
when it says glory in tribulations, because uh, tribulation works something on the inside of you. It works patience. It works this steadfast endurance where it just keeps going on and you just keep saying, I know I'm hoping in you, God. I'm just going to walk with you, God, through this thing. I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to hope in you. You see that that tribulation that works the patience, the steadfastness, if something gets added to it, it's called character. It's that I am recognizing who he is and who I am to him. And I began to sit and go, oh, God, I'm so glad that you love me with an everlasting love. I'm so glad that you're faithful, you're gracious, you're, you're wonderful. And, oh, I'd say you're beautiful. And this desperation would hit me. And when desperation would hit me, I would just, I would see the goodness of God. And that hope would just pop up on the inside of me big time. And, and gratitude would start bubbling up out of me. I'd go, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You're so faithful, God. You are so faithful, God. You are the one that I need. My hope is in you, God. And that kind of worship began to come out of me, out of gratitude. But you know what preceded it? Was a certain kind of vulnerability where I'm in your hands, God. I have, where's Bryony? I have come to the end of my resources, right? It's called dependency on God. And when I'd get to that place, I felt like a little girl. I'd just sit there like a little girl and i go, oh, God. Oh, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm at peace with you. I'm resting. I feel so vulnerable and so dependent on you, Lord. And then the gratitude would start coming up in me. Oh, man, am I thankful that I have a God who loves me with an everlasting love. A God who will break through on my behalf and who will take me down a path where that endurance builds into character. And then it says character gives you hope. Isn't that amazing that you could go down a pathway of difficulty and that along the pathway that character would form into hope? And it says, and hope won't be disappointed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit working in us. And so I went down this little path with him and I realized, oh, this is not going to be you're going to see perfectly the next day. I am in this place. I was talking to a girlfriend at that grocery store, and uh, Heather's been doing this, too, helping me with this. <laughs> she said to me, I said, well, well, um, the Lord spoke to me and said, the thing is, in order for you to steadfastly endure and go along this character building and build this hope and step into this place of love, is you've got to keep being steadfast. You've got to keep uh, confessing. You, you need to, to believe me. He's just saying you need to increase in your faith. And so um, I was standing in the grocery store and I said to my friend, well, you know, I had these eyes done and, and uh, well, well, we'll start, it's not really the distance vision isn't quite right, but well, we'll see. She said, no way. No, we'll see. We will see. Whatever your situation is, you choose God. You put your faith in God. You lean on him in that wonderful place of earned trust. And then you allow your faith to grow into that place. And it's a journey, isn't it? We are all in situations just like my situation. I felt like the Lord said to me, that place of vulnerability and dependence It is what has been missing for miracles in the body of Christ. We know how to declare. In the name of Jesus, we declare. And it's good. It's good to declare. But I'll tell you what. If you're not declaring out of a great humility because of your need for God, a vulnerability where you go, I'm just a child before you, God. I'll declare what you say to declare. I won't be presumptuous. I won't be arrogant. I will simply receive what it is that you give in hope because you're a good God. 
And I began a journey there for weeks where I just kept repeating the goodness of God over and over and over. The goodness of God, the goodness of God. Now, I'm telling you that little story because what I needed, and I told the Lord this over and over, because what happened was this eye was 2025 the day after surgery, and it kept getting worse. 2030, 2040, 2050, 2060, this is going the wrong direction. I want you to know I was working on my hope in God. (laughs) And my vulnerability was increasing. And the doctor said, well, you know, we can do this surgery over again. And I went, whoa, that is not what I want to hear. I want to put my trust in God. I want to lean on him. I want him to build me into the place that he wants me to be. And I'm just going to begin to say, I will see. I will see. I will see. And you know what? This eye started going a different direction. So it went from 2060 to 2040. Then I went into the office and it was 2030. It was cut. He said, whoa, this is going in the right direction. This is going in the right direction. So, but it's not where it needs to be. But I'm believing God. It'll be where it needs to be. But my hope is in God, not in what happens. Because God's going to take care of me one way or the other. Because his love that he's shed abroad in my heart proves that to me. Because he's faithful and he's good. Now, I want you to look at a couple of stories in the scripture here that I I think will encourage you. Because I think everywhere I go, I'm finding more and more despondency, which is the opposite of hope, isn't it? I'm finding more and more fear. I'm finding people that are depressed I mean, I'm talking about the church here. You know, where you're in a situation, you're up against a wall, and there doesn't look like there's any solution to it. Well, there's some uh, illustrations here in the scripture. I laughed this morning because Brian, he told the whole story of Gideon, except the one part of it that I wanted to tell. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell the whole story. I'll kind of brush over it again. But, but this story about Gideon is a, is a great story, and it's in Joshua 6, if you want to turn there. Um, is that right? Uh, I'm sorry, Judges. Judges, yeah. It, this is a very interesting study because the children of Israel were uh, going through a pattern up and down, up and down. And what they did was they would turn away from God. Then things would get desperate. The enemy would come against them. And then they'd cry out to God. And then God would deliver them. You know, they'd come into exile and God would deliver them. Seven times they turned from him. Seven times they went into bondage. Seven times he delivered them. Because, listen to this, our God is faithful. He is trustworthy. And every time, though, they, they sinned over and over again. So they were in one of the down times here. And uh, they, were, they were just being troubled by the Midianites. And uh, that's when that young man, Gideon, wasn't hiding in a cave. I just want to say this. Most of the Israelites were hiding in caves and they had no food, but he was at least out in the open. So get out in the open with whatever situation is going on with you, get out in the open. And an angel appeared to him, said, Gideon, mighty man of valor, took him through the whole situation where he uh, gave sacrifice, um, took him through obedience where he tore down the Asherah poles and the Baal worship, you know, took him where he blew the trumpet and there was that wonderful sound and he's training him up, he's teaching his ways, he's still afraid, but he's going to go into this, Uh, into a a different place because God is being faithful with him. Absolutely faithful. And so he he gets to the place where uh, the, the angel says to him, if you're still fearful, you could go down to the Midianite camp, take your servant with you, and what you hear there, oh, oh, put your hand on your heart. What you hear there, what you hear there, I will take care of you, God said to me. What you hear there will encourage your heart. But you've got to run to God. You've got to inquire of God. Be leaning on him in trust. Be activating your faith. So he activated his faith. 
and he went down to the Midianite camp with his with his servant. And some guy comes up and t- he overhears him telling this dream. I love this story. I have never loved it like this before because I used to go, that is the stupidest part of this dream that I've ever heard. It doesn't make a bit of sense. How can this happen? Here's what, what the dream was. Well, there was a barley loaf that rolled down the hill into the Midianite camp, fell on top of a tent, tipped it upside down, flattened it all the way on the ground, and and the guy that's listening to the story says, that's nothing other than the sword of Gideon. The sword of Gideon, a barley loaf. Come on. Our God can use anything to break through. And you know what he broke through with that? He broke through Gideon's fear. That's what I saw, is that barley loaf was a breaking through. It came from God. That dream was just a picture of how God breaks through. It doesn't matter whether it's a barley loaf. It doesn't matter, you know, whether it's somebody's arms held up in the air. It just matters that you've run to your Father and you've leaned on Him, chosen to believe Him. You're standing in your hope. And you may tremble in your boots while you're doing it, but I'll tell you what, God's going to come through. And so you know the end of the story. It went down to 300. They fought the battle. They fought it with a torch in one hand covered by a pot and a trumpet in the other hand. Well, this is a season of jubilee. And I'm telling you what God showed me about this breakthrough in heaven. This is jubilee. This is a deliverance from where we've been held captive. This is something that's totally different than we've had before. Finances being released, things being returned. I didn't even think about it, but I got a text. My daughter was in a terrible car accident on a freeway, you know, lined up to go off of the exit, and some guy came barreling along, and he blasted into the back of all these cars that were lined up. And she was pretty injured, um, you know, just had to have physical therapy for about a year. But she's getting, you know, she knew there would be a time of getting settlement. I got a text from her today. She's been waiting for that settlement. They said it might be two years. Guess when it got released? That was money that was stolen from her. That was physical pain. That was stolen from her by the enemy. And it came through today. I'm saying to you, this is the year of Jubilee. This is the year of those things that have been held back being released. This is the year where God's going to break through. And so you want to be positioned, but isn't it just simple? Just trust, hope, believe, allow that need to bring you to the place of vulnerability so there's a humility in you that brings a worship that touches the heart of the Father because all along He intends to break through for you. He's just waiting for the training that He's doing on the inside of you, and He will break through. Well, He broke through here because of a dream with a barley loaf. And you know the battle. They only had 300 people, but they won the battle. Of course they won the battle because God broke through. God will break through in your personal life. Things that are going on personally. You're afraid. You're despondent. I don't know what it is that is going on in in your life personally. Family issues. Difficulties with your children. Marriage problems. There are innumerable ways in which we need breakthrough. And God is poised in love, just waiting for the call. God! And he's right there. Tommy Tenney, you remember Tommy Tenney? Told this story. Nobody, nobody's, yeah, one hand, two, yeah, okay, Tommy Tenney. Uh, he, um, he told this story about his, his little daughter. He had come from, home from a ministry trip, and he was so exhausted. I was in this massive conference. I don't know how many people were there, 5,000 people. And, um, and he was telling this story to this audience. And he said, my daughter was in the other room doing things, and I was exhausted. And he said, I kicked back in my recliner chair, and my daughter was saying, Daddy, 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 come and see what I can do. Come and see what I can do. And he rolled his eyes and went, oh, I'm so tired. I'm just tired. But he said, after a few cries like that, 
she cried. Daddy, I hurt myself. He said, I was up out of that chair. I was rushing to get to my daughter. That's the way our dad is. Our father in heaven is rushing to you. He just wants daddy, daddy. I need you. That's all he wants. He's very near the brokenhearted. He was very near Gideon because he wanted to supply his need and he wanted to deliver a nation. Well, we're in a time of nation delivering. We're in a time of restoration in relationships. We are in a time of harvest. And if we get the simple little steps, we're going to be ready for the harvest when it comes in. Amen? Okay, here's the second story that I love. And it's just pages over. It's uh, Judges 4. And this is the story about Deborah and Barak. I think you know that story. Uh, It's the same kind of situation. This was one of the down times for Israel. They were just simply uh, sinning against God. And uh, what happened was judges got appointed by God and got appointed in the land. And Deborah was one of those judges. And it says that Deborah was a married woman. Doesn't say anything about a problem in her marriage. Not whatsoever. She was just a prophet of God sitting under a palm tree. And people would come to her and get counsel from her and get judgments about things that they should do. And she was a ruler in governmental areas. She was a ruler in uh, civil areas. She was a ruler in uh, religious areas. And so she sat there, and and one day she hears a word from God that she's to contact the commander-in-chief of the Israelite army, uh, Barak, and and that that she was to give him a message. She heard from God. She had a pro- now she's the prophet. I want you to get this. I've heard this story told so many different, so differently than this. But this is what I feel like the Lord showed me about this story. She was the prophet, and so she called the commander in chief of the Israeli army, and she said, "God says it's time for you to go to Mount Tabor. It's time for you to take." thousand troops. God's going to fight on your behalf. God is giving Sisera, the commander-in-chief of the uh, Canaanite army, into your hands. Now rise up and do it. And what he said was, I'll I'll do it, but, but I want you to go with me. And she said, I'll go with you, but you won't receive any honor. He was the apostolic figure in this story. He was the leader of all those troops. He wasn't proud. This man was humble. He was willing to go. He didn't care whether he got the honor from it. He wanted the word of God. He wanted the prophet with him. He wanted to go out together, and he wanted that victory. So 10,000 troops on his side, a multitude, it says in the scripture, on their side. They had 900 chariots of iron, which then was pretty much a, a winning battle when you had that many chariots. But they went into the battle, and she said, rise up! Because God has, uh, has given you the, the victory. He, has, uh, he, he will rout Sisera. Now's the time to rise up. And, he, and she says, God has gone before you. Our God of the breakthrough has gone before us. He went before Barak. And I'll tell you what, the battle raged, but it says God routed Sisera. God routed the armies of the Canaanites because God breaks through. I love that there was a partnership. I love it was a prophet and apostle. I love the way the the whole army came together in unity under the very word of the Lord about what to do. And the battle was won. And here's what happened afterwards. There was a song, a song of Deborah. And in the song, she says, I'm a mother in Israel, and I went out to battle. And the elders were with us, the leaders, and I'm for them with my whole heart. And Barak was with us, and he went out with his whole heart. And he routed the armies. And, you know, she began to give praise. And then, you know, the end of the story, Sisera ran ran into jail's tent and 
uh, Jael said, oh, please come in, says the spider to the fly. <laughs> and so he comes in, I'm really, really tired. Well, you know, don't tell anybody I hear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Lie down right here. You want water? I'll give you milk. <laughs> I'll give you. And he lies down and he goes to sleep and she takes a nail. She was used to beating these pegs into the ground because they were nomadic. And they go, they move their tent and it was her job, the woman's job, to nail in that tent. She was used to nailing, nailing this day. She looks over at Sisera, whack! The God of the breakthrough broke through <laughs> in a little bit of a gruesome picture there. But I'll, I'll tell you, in the Song of Deborah, she gives credit to Jael, but she gives credit to everyone. It's not like one, one over the other. It's not like there was pride. There's a humility. So you see, if you run to God in trust, that's what happened here. Barak said, yeah, I'll do what the word of the Lord is if you go with me. And he trusted in God. And he had faith in God because he, he took the command to take his 10,000 and go out and fight a multitude. And he hoped through that thing. And there was a vulnerability that had to be a, a vulnerable time. And there's a humility there. There's no pride, no taking credit for one person or the other. There's a beautiful victory unto the Lord. And God wants a beautiful victory unto him in your life. Because you simply do those steps. God is the God of the breakthrough. He goes out before. Now, I want to tell you this last story. And this is my favorite today. (laughs) It's the story about a, a young boy who was 17 years old. He was out tending to the sheep out on the hillside. And Samuel the prophet came to his home And looked at all of his brothers, but he knew there was one that would have a heart after God. And it called in David and anointed him king, didn't he? Now, that's a pretty joyful story. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? And then David went into Saul's presence. And Saul was troubled by an evil spirit. Hey, if anybody needed a God of the breakthrough, it was David. He went into that situation... What was he going to do? Had a javelin thrown at him to try to take his life? A plot made against him uh, that Jonathan thwarted? Uh, It just seemed like it was one thing after the other. He needed the God of the breakthrough. But you know what? The God of the breakthrough needed for him to go through Romans 5, 3 to 5. Needed to take him through that place where he would trust in God where he could see, oh, my God's been faithful because he wasn't actually acknowledged as king until he was 30 years old. 17 to 30, you count the the numbers. He went through quite a few years running, hiding. You remember when he got in that cave of Adullam and he was in there with all those misfits, there were 400 of them locked up together. He had to stop and go, wait, there's something wrong with this picture. This is not how kings live. But he chose not only to honor God, just to lean on God. A beautiful story of one who leans on God, puts his trust in God, chose to faithfully believe God, chose to walk in faith, chose to keep up, listen, 17 to 30. I'm talking 25 days for my eyes. He's talking years. Some of you have gone years looking for your breakthrough. And God has formed something in you that is so steadfast, so full of character, so absolutely um, what he's wanting to fashion so that hope can be solid in God and nothing can come against you. I want you to know when you walk in this place, I don't care care whether it's ISIS that comes through the door or what it is. You will have the strength and the inner courage because God has trained you and you are people. I'm saying the reason I had you shout is because this is a time for us to shout with victory. This is a time where God is uh, breaking through for us. And so we want to go into this whole year, this season, 
believing that God is going to do the things that he is promising that he's going to do. He's going to bring in a harvest. He's going to bring return of funds. He's going to set your properties free. He's going to, you know, he, he, he's just got good plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. This is the time. But here's this David in the cave of Adullam. Shortly after that, when he's 30 years old, he, they decide that they're going to recognize him as king. And so this is what happens. This is what you do not want to happen. I want you to know the enemy comes after you. You walk in faith with God and guess what the enemy does? He comes after you. <coughs> and you know what? You walk some more, putting your, uh, your faith and hope in God and the enemy comes after you. That's what happened to David because God was fashioning a man with a heart like God's own heart. He was fashioning someone who would be steadfast. And it was happening. And so as soon as they recognized him as king, the Philistines came against him. Whoosh! They're going to take over the whole land. They said, we're going to rise up together. We're going to get rid of this upstart. We're not going to have him. And so, the, you know, they, they decide they're going to come to a place called Rephaim. It's, it's a valley. Rephaim means giants. The valley of the giants. Didn't David have giants? Don't you have giants? You've got some giants that need to be slayed. So in the valley of the giants, David runs to the Lord. Always run to the Lord. Always cry out to the Lord. Always groan to him. Always know that he's good and he's faithful to hear you. And if he hears you, he answers you. And that he wants to, I tell you, every time I read those scriptures about how faithful he is to answer or that he just hears my voice, something melts on the inside of me and I go, oh, my God, my God, you're so good. You're so faithful. You, you would take care of me. I'm sure David was saying the same thing, that there was God. God, I'm inquiring of you. What should I do? Should I go out against these Philistines? There wasn't a bit of pride in him about this. He was, he was dependent. He was at the end of his resources, and he came, and God just said to him, Yes, go out and fight them. And David said this, My God went before me and broke through like the breaking through of many waters. Come on. He's, God is on your side. He will break through with many waters because he's the God of the breakthrough. So David named that place Baal Perazim which means the master of the breakthrough or the God of the breakthrough. God is a God of breakthrough. And you have some situations that you need to break through. And the first is you need to break through to trust him. He is trustworthy. He's earned your trust. You need to break through in faith and growing faith. Yes, God. I will choose to believe you and not let the enemy's voice or my own speak things into my mind. I won't even let the, the very mindsets that have been formed in the way that I was reared interfere with me. I'm choosing to have my mind conform to you, to have the mind of Christ instead of my mind. These are simple little principles, but I feel like all of our faith is built around these principles. And so... David saw breakthrough. And he, you know, they, the battle was won. Yay, the battle was won. Guess what happened? The enemy came back. And David went to him again and said, wait a minute. Um, uh, should I go out against the enemy again? Because every time you come up against something that's impossible, run to God and God will tell you what to do. And so he ran to him again, and God said, no, don't go out about, directly like you did before. That's not what I want you to do now. I want you to come around, and I want you to listen, wait. And when you hear the sound of the marching in the mulberry trees, then I will break through. I will be your victory. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, you end up fighting. But you fight with a grace that comes from the presence of God. And God broke through for him again. 
and he won the victory. So God is wanting to break through for every one of you in this room. And I'm going to ask the musicians if they come back. Because there's something about that sound. There's something about that sound that builds a faith on the inside of us. And this is a time of breakthrough, and you have something that you want to break through. And I'm going to ask again that we just take the chairs and move them out of the way. We're going to have prayers come up here, and we're going to agree with you for breakthrough, whether it's fear personally or whether it's something that you need to fight for for your city or for your nation or the nations of the earth because God is doing something in the heavens to cause eyes to pop open. He's going to cause deception to come off. This is a season of jubilee and we're going to have breakthrough. Amen? Amen. So why don't you just come forward as you move the chairs back out of the way and we will pray for you. And each one of us, each one of us is going to believe with you this is the time of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've got to pick up my own mess here.